0: brink today we're going to be recapping episode 7 of Traitors Canada joining me as always my faithful my everything it's chilly philly hello (laughs) how are you I'm fabulous darling even better now you're here Mm. and we are super super lucky today because joining us is one of the most iconic faithfuls from New Zealand traitors and we are bringing in Dylan, who I know has the best takes. Dylan, how are you?
1: I'm great. I'm walking in. I've pulled my hood back and you can see me finally. <laughs> the, real, the, real, the real you. Yeah.
0: You 100% Dylan?
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: <laughs> well, before we get started, Dylan, I'd love to know, what are your thoughts and feelings about the Traitors Canada so far?
1: I was trying to distill some of this before, and I was thinking about it. We're at, like, episode seven now, Mm -hmm. right, I think. Mm. Um, And if you look at the traitors as a game where the object of the game is for the faithful to catch traitors, they've caught one. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, I feel like they're kind of on par, no offense, Annabelle, with the Australian (laughs) faithful in terms of their success rate. But somehow it doesn't feel as chaotic and infuriating. Uh, I'm not sure what it is that makes it that way, and we'll maybe we'll figure that out along the way. But I was just thinking about it today. It's like, they're not doing much better, but they're, they're less upsetting. Well,
2: because like, I feel like it's because the chaos is coming from the traders just in their own little bubble. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, they're doing random things. And so it's just... Yeah, and that,
1: it's just... it feels like they're playing the game properly. Yeah. They're just not quite getting there it's not (laughs) like they've got some whole other game that only they know about yes yeah
2: literally
0: so do you think it's because mike and kuzi are perhaps uh more sympathetic traitors or do you think it's because the faithful are more sympathetic
1: i reckon it's probably both neither mike or kuzi although kuzi's getting there now but neither of them feel like super cocky about the way they're playing the game um, they're both being quite measured and quite strategic. And then the the uh, the sorry, the faithful are also being quite strategic, just unsuccessfully.
2: Yeah, I think that's the thing. And me and Annabelle were talking about it, I think, last week. But they are, because the show is showing that they are being way more strategic and they're thinking about groupings and all this sort of stuff, our response to it is that it isn't as chaotic because everything seems somewhat calculated. As opposed to Australian Traders, where it's like... Well, actually, you guys had something really similar as well. Like, we understood everybody sort of outside of the game relationships, and we understood why people made decisions. Well, Australian Traders, it was just like, oh, and then the setup was for this, and then all of a sudden everybody changed, and then they're all sad. And it's like, well, we had no setup for that. It just was... You all decided in the moment.
1: And it was unclear for me, as a viewer of the Australian Traders, whether that was... Uh, something that took place, you know, in the post-production of the show, or whether the the players on the game were just chaos, and it felt to me, honestly, like it was the second. Yeah, I was gonna say
2: Annabelle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would say it was a mixture of both. Yeah. I would say the players were absolute chaos. They uh, there's definitely more strategy and logical thinking going on with the faithful in the traitors Canada, but also. What i'm really appreciating about the editing in the traitors canada is the way they haven't shied away from showing the strategy and showing how the faithful are getting from a to b
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: all right well let's crack into this episode then so we start with traitors tower mike and Cozzy stoked kevin's gone and now up for murder on death row we've got a choice between Mel a or Mary, where did you feel like they should have gone with this, Dylan?
1: Um, <laughs> not the way they went. <laughs> what did they, they end up? They ended up getting rid of um, Mary, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. And yes. it, was, it, it just seemed like because it just seemed like it was presenting too much evidence to the faithful, or, or it was likely to throw too much suspicion their way and just complicate their game so i was surprised when it was that case but also you know they're sitting at the table and and mike's i think in the first group and he's like well if mary doesn't come through then we're gonna have to look at you know these remaining people on the red team and i was like oh i guess mary's not coming in then yeah he's (laughs) sitting up already
2: yeah oh yeah that was a bit hey at the end of the episode we got a massive spoiler anyway as well so it's no surprise (laughs) (laughs) um
0: were you surprised they opted to, to murder Mary?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. They It's so funny because obviously they have to do sort of the bit of the devil's advocate. Like, oh, why do we have, why should we murder this person? La, 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 la. And obviously at the end of the day, they would have had their own thoughts in mind. But for TV's sake, there's, they have to create reasons and all this sort of stuff. Also note, Annabelle, did you realise that both the people who left this episode were our winner picks? I know, I'm devastated. <laughs> In one fell sweep. Luckily, we kind of moved on from that being the focus, and it's just gays for whoever. But, um, yeah, no, I so I thought when they were discussing things, I thought the most um, valid reasons were to murder um, Mel, or at least, like, the reasons why they said they were going to keep Mel, they didn't even follow through on. So I just found that really strange. Like, especially because I think Kuzi was like, yeah, you know, Mel a good person to keep around because blah, blah 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 all this sort of stuff and then they all just flipped on her and it was pretty just like oh mel goes it was strange to me
0: i feel like a stuck record i feel every week we come on this podcast and i open by saying are they mad are mike and cozy mad every single week they seem to murder the person who throws the most suspicion on them Kuzi is determined to narrow down that red team to just herself. And may I point out, narrowing it down so that there was definitely a traitor on that red team in that particular mission is a mess of her own making. Which she did by murdering someone when that team should have had shield protection. I mean, look, it seemed to semi-pay off for them this time in that uh, Mel A, for whatever reason, <laughs> ended up getting all of this heat. But but they, she keeps digging this hole deeper and deeper. Part of me's wondering... Is Mike kind of evil masterminding this whole situation so that Cousy does set herself up uh, to have more suspicion each week? But then Mike's, as we see later this episode, doing the same thing where the moment someone mentions his name, he murders them. Dylan, have you been as shocked about this as Phil and I have been?
1: Yeah, I think so. And it's the, the whole red team thing. Like I, I'm sorry, I haven't. I'm gonna admit I haven't listened to your episode where you, you would have thought was that, episode two. I think. Oh yeah. I, um, be I I haven't haven't listened. So I don't know how you interpreted it. But the thing that occurred to me when I was thinking back on it is, you've, if you've if you've watched and these this cast will have if you've watched other versions of the traitors, and you understand the power of the shield and the power of the the sort of combined protection of the shield. And you know that if a traitor gets the shield, then, then you know, they can have a go at anyone. But at the same time, they, they it's like they got really excited. They're like, oh, we've got the shield. Now we can kill someone in the shield group without thinking just a moment beyond that. And the fact that it's still... I think that's one of the things that maybe makes me um, so hopeful about this series, or so optimistic about The Faithful, is that this is like actual evidence Mm -hmm. which having watched a lot of the traitors and having lived some um actual evidence is not a thing that comes easily in this game Mm -hmm. it's mostly vibes and confusion so having something where like you know that the person who got eliminated from the Shield Group wasn't a traitor and everyone else has said they didn't have the shield, so someone's definitely lying. But like, that's hard evidence and they walk themselves into it and keep making it worse and it's astonishing. Like, I don't know how they haven't set someone else up. Like they had a chance to recruit, I guess, and make someone a fool guy, but they've gone too oh. far for that now, I think. No, they're
2: beyond they're beyond recruiting, as evidenced by the yeah. end. Like they they're so far past that point because no matter what happens it just would never it would just never work out for them they have too much heat on both of them
1: yeah
0: but the beautiful thing about the traitors and being someone like may is you can really lay (laughs) all the evidence on the table you can spell it out loud and clear and there's always going to be a group of people who say I'm confused. (laughs) Show me the evidence. (laughs) Is that evidence? I got a dodgy vibe from Melee. She winked at me. And then we end up down this whole rabbit hole. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah.
2: uh, uh, Now it's time is going on. Annabelle, is May the Annabelle? (laughs) Uh, Is this the true analogy?
0: extra over the top rubbing people the wrong way and then sobbing yeah, the yeah i was
2: gonna say and... the tears, the, t- the
0: yeah
1: may's the annabelle
2: yeah oh my gosh i can't believe it we really are gays for may because it's actually annabelle
0: i'm so gay for may i have to say i'm not even ironically gay for May. Yay. i'm all in on her she's fantastic
2: like the way she goes at it i appreciate because i feel like you could easily be doing that the wrong direction. And to know that she's Hmm. actually focused on the right person, I'm like, yeah, you have to hone it in. You have to um, go hard. Unfortunately, that's why Kevin went home, but like, you know, and fierce and stuff. But I feel like she has some weird immunity from getting the heat at the very beginning.
1: I want to ask you something, Annabelle, that I I actually, I've I've not really had a chance to talk to someone else who didn't, who wasn't a part of my um, experience of the Trader's. There's a thing that I think you get as an audience member when you watch the round table that makes no sense. And then I lived it as well. And that is, you go into the, the round table with, you know, a certain name or names on your mind, and some of them get brought up, and then, you know, one person who had suspicion on them gets brought up, gets discussed. Some votes get thrown their way, but they don't go home. Someone else does. And then there's, like, this collective idea that that person is cleared. <laughs> and But it's not just... It, like, I found the strangest thing, even knowing this going into the game, that still was a trick that my brain played on me, to some extent, in those roundtables. Did you experience anything similar, Annabelle?
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of, of an example as you were saying that. I guess it's hard because... Um, the the people whose names would get thrown out were, and then they would have to give this big defence. I was never super sold on them anyway. For Mm. example, Sarah would come up and I just thought, she's so incredibly messy. There's no way she would have been chosen as a traitor. (laughs) Um, And from episode two I I knew that Sam was a traitor and it was just about working out who the other one was. But I, I think and I, my name was always coming up constantly, too. So I, I think you're right. Certainly if somebody comes up really early in the game and they seem to put on a good show, for example, Donna, yeah. they've beca- she's become cleared from being murdered. First of all, because she had some heat, but second of all, because she's got no bloody idea what's mm. going on. Yeah. Um, and you're right, May. I mean, May's name still gets thrown around, but you're you're totally correct, Dylan. It's almost like she had the spotlight, she missed out on it, and now, okay, I guess we move on.
1: It's the strangest trick of the mind, and I, I don't I don't quite understand what's going on psychologically, but I've seen it play out like on the show, and then I I feel like I experienced it. I feel like I caught myself after the fact going, oh yeah, that person's clear now. And then I go, oh, no, no, they're not.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs>
1: Nothing happened. I didn't, no, no one proved anything.
2: Because do, mm. do you think it's a case of everybody does always have that tiny little bit of doubt in their mind in a paranoid situation that basically, because somebody basically has passed the test, not even passed the test, but, you know, got at least yeah. 50% in the test, they're like, well, you did enough to get by, so clearly in my mind that means you're not qualified for... Um, I think that's what's happening. Yeah.
1: yeah, something like that, and it's 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 really weird. And I think there's also an aspect of I mean, again, I don't know if Annabelle's experience was the same, but the round table is so much more mentally and emotionally and psychologically challenging and charged than it seems like it has any good reason to be. And so it's so fascinating watching these things from outside and just knowing. You know how it's messing with your brain.
0: Yeah. Yes, we discussed this a bit last week. It's a manufactured conflict situation, mm. um, and because you reveal your vote publicly, there's no reason not to be honest in your conflict. And most people don't enjoy being in the middle of a screening match, and most people don't like being threatened with going out of the game. And I think that's why we see people get so heated we see in this episode and last episode it actually starts to get pretty personal
1: yeah and it's it's uncomfortable to to be in the in the presence of that as well so i think even the people who aren't like directly involved in those conflicts come out of it with with just a like a a mental trauma (laughs)
0: yeah anyway anyway we head down to breakfast and we've got the dream team trayvon may mike and donna are there (laughs) Uh, and they, they kind of make this pact that they're, they're going to work together. We don't see much more of this, but they really agree that it's got to be somebody from the red team. So Mike, as you said, suggests if Mary doesn't come in, then we know it's either Leroy, Cousy or Gerline, who then all immediately walk <laughs> into breakfast <laughs> along with Cousy. Um Lee, this was interesting. So Leroy's decided now he wants to build trust with people who he's seen behaving consistently. The two people he chooses are Donna and Mickey. What do we think of this alliance, Phil? <laughs> uh,
2: this is this is. Hey, I'm pretty sure last week or every week we keep saying that people like Mickey and um. Donna are going to make it to the end and so I feel like this is the correct path if you're the faithful to bring people like this because at this point they're so blind to like whomever. Doesn't somebody, does Donna or Leroy refer to Donna as Porn? As
0: Porn. Yeah
2: somebody refers to Donna as Porn. Oh,
1: was it that? There was a mispronunciation at some point. <laughs> yeah, I and know. I was like
2: Porn <laughs> She's 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 the porn, like um so, oh yeah.
1: No. Oh, that's right. He said por- porn. Yeah, he called it that's porner. What it was. Yeah. Oh, I see. I've just understood the wordplay. I just thought he was an idiot and didn't So mispronounced the name. No, so
2: I think <laughs> I kind of like this, but it should have happened maybe a little bit earlier, I would say. Um, and unfortunately it's way too far down the line that someone like Donna is now vehemently like defending a traitor which can only spell awfully for basically every every other faithful because it's sort of like the seri thing well it's just like any scenario really like all these people are so blindly like defending this one person and it's Um. like
0: I disagree that this is a good idea for Leroy. I don't think as a faithful, you want to surround yourself (laughs) with people who are considered less threatening than you. I think Donna and Mickey, I mean, Mickey less so because he says in Traitor's Tower tonight that she doesn't think Mickey deserves to be there Mm -hmm. at the end. Mm But Donna, for sure, is going to the end. I think as a faithful, you want to be surrounding yourself with people who'll get murdered before you. But Dylan, you you think differently. You're very pro, actively going for the traitors and working with people you think are faithful. So I'm interested to hear what you <laughs> yeah. think about this alliance. A- am I? Or is that just what I did? I'm not sure that that's... <laughs> the intent.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that was the intent. I constantly oh it's it's coming up to a year now since well not quite but it's like 10 months since i was uh, at the the traitor lodge um and i still think about it all the time and, and and you know think about what could have been and how i could have played the game differently and or, or even what is the right way to play the game and i constantly change my mind on it um and i don't know i think to an extent there's a huge amount of this game that is uh just luck and, hack and happenstance right so like the fact that donna is still in the game blows my mind i i don't i was just thinking yesterday i can't remember if she has actually disclosed to the other players that she is a psychic at all uh, and i can only assume she didn't because at this point i'm like how is she still in the game if the if she's told other people that she is a psychic
0: Famously, you were very threatened by psychics. What it is, is, I mean, if
1: if I were in the game, first of all, if I'd been a traitor in our season, absolutely, Kimberly, as lovely as she was, would have been the first to go because you can't have a psychic in the game because they're going to come up and say someone, you know, the the, the spirits or I've got a, a, a vision of such and such as a traitor, And in in the absence of a better idea, someone might go off, okay, let's give that a go then. Uh, And it's too much of a wild card, so Psychic's out straight away as far as I'm concerned. But if they're not, and you've got to this point in the game with a Psychic who is just not using their abilities or their claimed abilities, not even trying to, then also, out, (laughs) enough. (laughs) Like, how? (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know the right way to play the game. I think as a faithful You've got to kind of find. You've got to find some strength, some power to. Because the only people who ever have any real information in this game are the traitors. They're the only ones who know anything about what's going on, really. And so the best. The only thing that makes sense to me as a traitor is to try. uh, Sorry, as a faithful is to try and find strength somehow. And the best way to do that is to work with other people who you believe are faithful because they are going to, you know... Because you're getting to this point in the game now where there's, what, eight players left or something, and it's that point at which we start to get to the stage where the traitors can completely control the game at both at both of the sort of elimination points because they only need one or two other people in their sway to, to control a banishment, and obviously the murder is the murder. So, like... You can't be taking, you can't be playing strategic games around keeping close to other people who are going to get murdered because at some point you just lose control entirely. That's Interesting. a long way of saying, I don't know what I just said. Well,
0: whatever, whatever
1: it was, I think that's what I thought.
0: I'm going to have to apologize to everybody on Reddit then, Dylan, because whenever I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate with myself... Arguing because I argue that the best strategy for a faithful is the traitor's pet strategy. I always quote your exit interview um, <laughs> yeah. on silent where I said podcast. I would have liked to,
1: where I said I would have like, oh my exit interview. On, what did I say on there? Yeah, oh, you
0: had a really good argument. I make it all up. You had a really good argument up. about how no, the best strategy is to work with other faithful mm. and as a team, not one person publicly consistently get out the traitors because it increases your likelihood of being recruited even though that's marginal it still gives you more chance of gaining more power in the game and while i i've had my own issues with that idea i've always loved it as a a legitimate alternative take
1: to be fair i think i think i'm right about that to to an extent on on like a a broad sort of meta sense of the game what i'm talking about is where we're at in this position of this game now where there's two traitors i think six faithful i think that's right um or is it no, is it is it less than that even? I don't know. Yeah, two traitors, six faithful. That's how many yeah. we've got left. Yeah. Um, and at this at this point, you know, they haven't been playing uh, strong in their getting in their in their traitor killing game. So now they need to play strong in their not letting the traitors control the game. Game. Oh, I love that's, that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They, the the first strategy is out the window now. They can't do that. So now I think, yeah, now I think it's it's fight hard because you're about to lose control entirely
0: operation time to get one of them at least i reckon and it's thrown everybody off mary's murder has confused everyone because people really believed mary was a traitor and were probably going to banish her next melee shoots to the top of trayvon's suspect list girlene doesn't know what to think and we get a flashback to mary's murder i thought phil she was in a very sexy busty (laughs) leopard print number
2: Wait, was that what she wore at the. Um, oh, no, 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 no. It's not immediately after. What am I talking about? Yeah, no, she looked great. She was pulling out the looks towards the end there, wasn't she?
0: Yes, she played with integrity and her heart. And let me tell you, in that sexy little top, she sure as hell caught mine. Gaze for Mary <laughs> will miss you. Yeah, gaze for Mary. out oh, for um, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Post, yeah, post-breakfast, things are messy. Leroy's chatting with Donna and Mikey. Not Mikey, Mickey, R-I-P. Uh, and Leroy, even though we saw him having a great conversation at the end of last episode, Cousy and Mike targets out the window. Yeah. They're now very suspicious on Mel A. Were you disappointed in this film? Yes. <laughs> uh,
2: this show is bad. Uh, literally every episode completely miss. Misdirect. It's like, what is happening? Um, which hey, I guess it's what makes good TV. You never, you never um, expecting something. But yeah, I thought this was a weird, especially because like how emotional they were at the end. I was like, mm. guys, you're so emotional about this person. You clearly liked her. It, and I, I obviously, I haven't played traders at all. But like, I just don't understand that you trust a person so much that you're like, well, it's you, and then you're sad. It's like, well, you can't be sad about it.
1: I still feel bad about Mike from my season, so, yeah, Aww. we can feel sad about <laughs> it.
0: Yeah. Did you ever find trusting someone too much, Dylan, and thinking, "Oh, everybody trusts them, was that ever a rationale for you to think they're a traitor?
1: Um. Yeah, I think so. I mean, to, to an extent, you kind of end up in all of these, like, overthinking situations where you're like thinking layer upon layer and i'm thinking oh someone's trying real hard like someone like sam in my season you know everyone trusts sam and i'm thinking well that's a perfect position to be a traitor but at the same time i'm thinking well i trust sam and i don't think he's a traitor so i'm like oh well either it's either i should trust sam and he's a faithful or he's playing that aspect of it really well so i think it's so hard right because fundamentally the traitors don't choose themselves or you know the 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 traders don't choose to be traders. Like maybe at some point someone interviews them and says, you know, would you like to be a trader or not? But they're not making that decision, yeah. and so trust is kind of. It's not trust and and likability and, and genuineness. All of those things aren't super relevant because. And I think Sam. No, it wasn't Sam. It couldn't have been Sam. Must have, like, from from the Australian. It must have been a, a better trader than that. No, it was Wilf. That's who it was. Said um at some point, that you've got to play the game as a faithful mm. at every moment except for the time when you have to be a traitor. Mm. Like, so, we, except for when you're in Traitor's Tower, you're faithful all the rest of the time. You just play as a faithful. So, yeah, I don't think you can read too much into any of it because it, it's it's all a game and everyone knows it's a game and, it, like, how seriously people are taking it or how well they can separate game from life is a whole, you know, everyone's different on that. Yeah,
2: because I was going to say, like, but, but for both of you at the end of the day if you trust somebody to the like actually properly trust them should it be better to just take that trust for what it is and work with them and you know get to the end with them more so than immediately find them suspicious because you trust them so much like should you just like if you trust if you feel in your soul that you trust them like should you just go along the ride with them
1: yep probably yeah i mean I don't know, but then at the same time you spend you know however many hours alone at night, thinking it, it, double you know second guessing everything you've thought up to that point. So yeah. that's where you end up at that point where you think the trust is a trick.
2: Well, yeah, because I guess it's like gets to the point of which you're like Annabelle and you're trying to garner trust to, but then I guess you should should be actually finding it because I I think the thing that boggles my mind is that everybody trusts these people and when they start sort of. It's not that they've done anything actually sus. It's just that no. they're playing and they're like, well, you're throwing out names and you're pointing out evidence. You must be... Attra- well, yeah. that they're disclosing information to you. And that was the strange thing about them all going, well, yeah, Mel, you took me aside, you took me aside, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, it just sounds like she was trying to corral a group of people behind one person. Like, it doesn't sound... Yeah. Sauce. I think there's
1: a lot of confirmation bias gets involved as well right you get it you get someone in your mind and then you look at the things they're doing and you're like that's the thing a traitor would do yeah but who knows yeah.
0: and I'm, and Leroy says you know I thought I was the only person who suspected melee but now I've floated her name and all these other people have been secretly suspecting her mm. oh is yeah. that confirmation yeah. she really is a traitor yeah there it is so, so I was super excited this episode, team, because guess what? No cars. The cars suddenly become relevant. <laughs>
2: there was, there oh, was some cars, car yeah, car yeah.
0: charts. I'm obsessed, no, 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 Dylan, no, no. with documenting who's in what cars because I think it reveals a lot about who's working with who. And probably... How did that work on your show? So we got to choose who we were in a car mm, with. I always past. made sure I was in a car with Sam. Did you get yeah. to choose?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, the story producers were very hands-off about that particular thing.
0: I assume it's the same here as well, because we do see that the, the alliances kind of stick together. So in car one, we've got May, Kuzi, Leroy, and Girline, Um, And May is giving... Sorry, May, Leroy, Gerline, he is not there. May is throwing out Cozy's name hard, and she's really laying out the evidence. Something I heard in Kevin's exit interview with Rob has a podcast. Um, apparently May is really good at documenting and memorising all of the facts in the game. What, Who mm. wrote down whose name? Who said what and then behaved differently? So May actually has this whole Rolodex of information revealing why Cousy is a traitor. She wrote down Donna's name despite saying she thought she was a faithful, did the same with Rick and Fierce. Mm. And for me this was also a way that i found out who one of the traitors were because they would be insistent that one person you know is a traitor and then be insistent they're a faithful the next second This inconsistency with their opinions what did you think about that dylan
1: i mean that's interesting i i it's interesting to hear that about about may's ability to um to keep that information because i found that my brain was terrible at retaining any of that sort of stuff so I'm always a bit amazed when I hear people doing things that I can't <laughs> comprehend doing myself. Um, and it, it is interesting. And I always, when I watch these shows and I see people getting hung up on that stuff, and I'm like, yes, absolutely. But also, this is a game that forces you to constantly reevaluate. So the fact that people do say one thing and write down another and change their mind isn't like, it, it feels like evidence. But like, you also, if you look back at, you know, banishments across the various traitor's seasons i'm sure there'll be plenty of times where people have reasonably cited that as evidence to banish someone and then it turned out that person was a faithful just because it's so hard to stay on one track and fundamentally something like the round table you're not supposed to necessarily go in with one idea it's not you know it's not like a tribal council where you know, you've done all your alliance shit beforehand, and you're just going in and writing down what everyone agreed to write down. Like you're having this whole discussion and argument, and minds are being changed, and you're reassessing based on what you see at the table. So, absolutely, people keep citing stuff like that, and it is arguably good evidence, but also very easy to misinterpret. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because yeah, because it's like, what standard are you holding to everybody else if that if that's the yeah. case?
1: And it's a, you know, you go in there and shit is weird and you change your mind and then you do things like you know you you write down someone's name because you're like shit i i i can't see anyone else to vote for here and other people seem to be going this way i don't strongly believe this but i need to see what happens or you do what some people do in these situations when they do that and then they write down some throwaway name and that's suspicious as well like there's no Real way. I don't think there's a way to play this game and not be suspicious to other people.
0: Sure. And I agree to the extent that, yes, people are going to change their minds. But I do think that when there's a disjunct between what you say and the way you behave, then... And, and, you know, when you write down a vote, that is your concrete gesture, right? Yeah. And if you're constantly saying one thing and then you go in and your, your gesture indicates that you're playing the game in a completely different way, I do think that that's something you have to mistrust. Those are it. huge
1: red flags. Yeah. And and obviously, May is right about Kuzi in this instance. So it's very easy to look at it and go, definitely she's right. But I think it is also easy to be wrong on those yeah. on those cases. But May does seem to have... A good handle on what's going on around her in a way that a lot of players in these games, you know, in all the seasons of this game, don't manage. because yeah. it's hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So May May pushes this. I actually think I blame Leroy and Gerline this episode, even though, hand on heart, I'm first and foremost gay for Leroy, and I'm gay for Gerline. It's them who came to, who seem to keep pushing back yeah. on Cuzzy being a traitor, on even Mike being a traitor. Mm. They shut this conversation down. In the other car, Trayvon, Cousy and Donna are all in agreement. It's probably Mike. Cozy doesn't want to defend Mike too hard. And this does come back to bite her. But we get to the mission. Phil, tell me, what did you think about this saucy little kilt?
2: (laughs) Yes, I was gonna say. (laughs) I feel like this week Corrine decided that her theme is blazers, like short cropped blazers with tartan, because her uh, her shoulders. Yeah, she yeah yeah shoulders. Yeah, strong shoulders and like tartan sort of pattern looks. Because her banishment look also was the same sort of theme. I actually yeah. I, I keep acting like I'm pointing out random themes. I'm pretty sure she decides that this is gonna be the theme of her out- outfits for the episode. But yeah no, a beautiful. Amazing.
0: Have you been living for her outfits as much as we have, Dylan?
1: Yes, I think so. But like legitimately I was surprised that her shoulders were a relatively normal shape this episode. So
0: <laughs> actually
2: true, yeah, between the poofy shoulders, the strong yeah, she does do yeah. right ra- she does serve different shoulders.
0: So this mission ended up being a little bit anticlimactic because there was no drama with the shield at the end. So the general gist of it, they've got to roll a bunch of barrels forever. Um, Most of them represent a money amount, but some of them represent a shield amount. And ooh, drama, is someone going to choose shield over money? Spoiler alert, they didn't. Um, Gaze for Leroy, this was a delicious mission for us. Um, Him wrestling 6K of barrel and... General excitement there. Uh, May has a moment with her noodle arms. There's conflict, though, between May and Cousy. This all starts mm. here. May's mad. Cozy's not pushing the barrels. Cousy's mad. May is pointing this out. <laughs> Mickey, Pan, we barely made it.
1: <laughs>
0: <Ooh>. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Did you find anything notable from the mission, really, Phil? Um, no,
2: I just found the... The May and Kuzi uh, conflict, like, obviously it's preface, it's uh, giving context to more things later on, you know, but yeah, no, no, it's just, we've seen this so many times. I feel like I, I feel like I'm so rude. Like, I, oh, I've seen this before. Like, they did there wasn't any, like, yeah, there wasn't any crazy drama other than that. And to be fair, Kuzi was just holding like three, three tiny, like, four. 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 Oh. Had four. oh, sorry, for little
1: thousand dollars <laughs> worth of barrels
2: <laughs> she was just sort of like sauntering along so i guess it makes sense but yeah
1: the construction of this challenge didn't work for one key reason and that was i only needed to get one shield barrel across the line and then they were going to decide who would go to the armory it made no sense there was no incentive for an individual to choose over anyone else mm-hmm. to get the shield because somehow if, if they had done that, the team somehow would have decided. And if there's anything I know, it's that the team can't decide who's going to go to the armory. It just doesn't work. Yeah.
0: Mm, wasn't there some drama with yeah. that on your season? Yeah, Dylan? I don't want to talk
1: about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> what no one talks about in, in that, and I've heard lots of people talk about it since, what no one talks about in that is that me and Kings, who arguably were the least prepared to walk a long way with some big barrels we were would have been the third and fourth people across the line had we, you know, just charged forward. Like, we carried the biggest barrel from the start all the way to the end and were there in three and four and didn't do that because we were playing along with Sam's plan. But whatever, bygones. <laughs>
0: all right, we won't touch that nerve. No post mission this is where i started getting worried for trayvon because trayvon got a lot of confessionals this episode did anyone else notice this
1: can i offer you look i I don't talk about this very often but my day job sometimes not always some of my day job is making television of this nature not this show i haven't made a traitors because that would be weird but i make tv shows like this in post-production and um a lot of people read a lot into how many interviews a given person gets in in a show. It's not, it's not actually as 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 significant as you often think. Mm. Sometimes one person just has a better interview, or is a, says funner things, or gets the good lines out more clearly, mm. um, and that's what we're looking for when we make a sh- when we cut a show like this. Is we just want someone who says good things or funny things or pithy things or or gets us you know a story point out nice and succinctly um so sometimes it might just be that one of the people just happened to have a fantastic interview about that day when everyone else was like oh i don't know it was a bit shit and mm-hmm. you go well you like well i'm not using anyone else then so yeah i mean obviously you you also do build up the story with the interview so there is something to it but it's it's not it's often not as significant i think as as people watching from the outside assume
2: yeah it's like last week when Gerlene all of a sudden had all these real sassy sassy confessionals and it was because it was clearly um all the confessionals after kevin got banished and so yeah. she was on yeah so they just used it all they used all their confessionals
1: so yeah exactly sometimes everyone's just sometimes one 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 particular contestant will just be be on a buzz in an interview or maybe they just really clicked with whoever's interviewing them that day and just brought out all the good stuff you know who knows
0: there you go, people. Just be more interesting.
1: That's exactly... Like, be more interesting. Be funnier. Say things concisely and easily. Love that. It's what we want.
0: Post-mission. Um, so, there's a whole lot going on here. Basically, Mike's going around pushing this red team narrative. Um, uh, Leroy is going around pushing Mel A. Uh, Donna. Donna thinks okay but what if this whole you know it has to be one of the the three from the red team thing is a setup and they're all faithful may and melee tell us shut up (laughs) (laughs) it's the best evidence we have be quiet um but that said donna still thinks that it's it's um mike And, you know, I don't know. Again, see, I I don't understand. I'm looking through all of these conversations. Mike and Cousy are coming up time and time again. And it seems to be Girline and Leroy who are shutting it down and redirecting it to Mel A. Were you surprised, Dylan, that so much came to Mel A and Mike and Cousy really didn't get that many hits tonight?
1: Didn't make sense to me necessarily watching it. I don't know what's going on like, in their heads. I think what it can be is when you're a strong personality and you have a strong hunch, you push for your hunch, right? And I think mm. Leroy, who I've taken to calling um, Dollar Store John Cena. How dare you? Um, well, I may also be gay for Leroy, but nonetheless, <laughs> Dollar, Store, get Dollar Store John Cena. Um, his, I think he's just he's just that kind of guy who is getting, like, an idea in his head and is a forceful character. And I think that's part of it you know you just it's it's like a, a almost an ego thing like i've got the solution to this and i'm gonna push people my way there's just a, so many fascinating like interplay of of characteristics that people bring into this game
0: it's true i definitely get pushy when i have an idea
1: yeah yeah i've seen that <laughs>
0: yeah so did, was there anything here in this post-mission phil that got you excited what about this whole confrontation with the may mike and then mike to kuzi may tells mike that kuzi's coming for him
2: yeah I, I actually the one thing like, it wasn't what you just referred to but one thing that i found really interesting that donna said was that because is so neutral that she's off her radar and i was mm-hmm. like donna mm-hmm. that's the exact reason why you should be suspicious of her that's not the reason why you throw her out of the way if she's so neutral it's because she's trying to hide um i did like yeah it was really interesting seeing this like mike may because sort of or oh, well, just this whole yeah i to be honest i'm just like so baffled that because i swear maybe maybe my memory's just like completely and maybe this is how the meta of all of this is evolving because while we are watching them sequentially the contestants aren't watching the shows in order, like, before they play, necessarily. Mm. Like, and But I swear in my mind, there used to be some season of something where they would have an idea of somebody and they just, like, would just commit to it, and then, oh, no, it wasn't that person. Well, I guess it's next. Did I make that up? Has it always been just, like, we throw a whole bunch of names out and then...
1: No, I feel like the British season was kind of a bit more directed in that way yeah like they they kind of they kind of were a bit more focused in in their in their hunting i i wonder i'm really fascinated to know how as these shows go on how how watching other people play the game affects the way people play the game because there's a lot of stuff you can clearly see when you're watching you know the canadians and when you watched not so much the australians because i don't think any of them had watched the show uh present company excluded obviously um but certainly for us, when we played, you know, we'd all watched the show or some amount of the show and it had kind of formed opinions based on what we'd seen and, and had ideas. And I think it's interesting that stuff like that and the way they're playing and the way they're switching and, and looking for clues, I think, is informed by what they've seen other people do in other episodes, yeah. other versions of the show. Yeah
0: absolutely i mean certainly we see that with may quite a bit um yeah. and with the shields strategy of it all with the you know they wouldn't have murdered someone who said mike's name if mike was a traitor because it's too obvious But then it happens multiple times so maybe this is a pattern this there's, there's definitely the matter of what's happened universally what's interesting is that the traitors have defied that every single week and Mm. gone against the norm
2: yeah because i I think that's the thing that's sort of melting my brain a little bit is that that mike and kuzi they are quote-unquote sticking together and every but everything they do draws attention to them but Mm. it's 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 all like back to front it's all (laughs) like So this is so atypical of what we've seen before. And I think the fact that they have such amount of it, like I thought Kevin's read on Mike was so on point. I think May's read on Kuzi is so on point. Like, and it's just so crazy that in other seasons, I feel like that's always amounted to something, but it's for some reason they're not, this this group of people just never willing to take any shot at these people that are such massive targets. And yes, they've taken awful shots at rick and fierce and kevin and everybody who have shown to be faithful but i feel like it just means that they are just not like and i say this every week it's like guys you got to have to make you'll be, have to make those sacrifices of other faithful to get to the end it's not 10 people win so like take the big swings not the short swings it's just
1: I think what happens is you also, you, you kind of build like an internal priority list. You know, you put, so you've got someone in your number one spot and number two. And I think what's happening is, despite the fact that, you know, Mike's name and Koozie's name are coming up more often now as we get a little bit further into the season, I think they're just often landing in people's number two spots. Yeah. And when you're in that spot, you know, I think it's easy to skate by.
0: Another one of your takes that I love, Dylan, um, Oh is that it's much easier to get to the end as a traitor but it's much harder to win and i I think that's
1: certainly been the case with the seasons we've seen so far whether that remains the case for every season we'll see
0: do you think that that's going to be the case for cozy and mike because how are they supposed to get to the end now when neither of them are completely off the radar do you see? I think, it, I think it's going mini- to be really hard for them,
1: it, yeah. but it depends. Like we're getting into a really key time for them, and if you you know if you see what happened in the Australian season, you know where there is a chance that they that they get to the end and have a lot more power than the other players in the game realize. But they seem pretty clued up to the idea, you know, to having a fair idea of how many. Um, traitors there are etc etc so i think it would be really hard for mike and kersey to win but that depends on what the end game of this season of the traitors looks like maybe you know maybe there is a, an aspect to it because they do seem to change up a little bit from from incarnation to incarnation so you know we'll see if that holds up but if um. the uh, australian version were to apply here or the new zealand version i think it'd be really hard for them
0: I agree. I agree and disagree. Uh, I think they're going to have their work cut out for them. I yeah. think the ultimate power, really, of being a traitor, though, is that in many ways you have a lot of control over who you're at the end with. Yeah. So if they choose to be at the end with Mickey and Donna...
1: Well, obviously, they're fine then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it is... It is conducive to keep around people, but it's, it's mm. tricky,
1: right? Because to, if so, if you imagine an end game where it's Mike and Koozie and Donna and Mickey, or just one of them and Donna and Mickey, they have to have built up some suspicion on either Donna or Mickey to get to that point, right? Because Koozie and Mike's name have come up more than Donna or Mickey's name have, so the the tightrope they've got to walk if they were to take the, either of those two to the end or both of those two to the end is throwing the spotlight on one of them so they don't catch the default you know vote
0: mm, you're so right yeah so that's Come, a real hard line to walk it's not easy it, we've, it's not easy being a traitor we wouldn't no. know but it I... seems
1: like it is for the first half of the game
0: yeah <laughs> But it's getting to the pointy end and they're getting tested. So we come into the round table. Kareen, it's kind of clueless, meets Alana Hill, I
2: thought. <laughs> Alana Hill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trayvon starts by coming for Mike. Leroy comes for Mel A. To me, the most notable part here was Donna's very sexy top.
1: <laughs> it was a surprise. Yeah,
0: though. That... Mm, Donna Slay. Um, but Mel, Mel I'm used as a pawn. I'm an advocate. I share ideas and the traitors are worried about that. I'm voting for Cousy because she's under the radar. She started talking to me out of nowhere. And Mike, she suspects you. And it goes off, Phil. Yeah.
2: It was like funny because then when they were sort of circling back and sort of being like, what did I like? Because he was like, what did I say? And why would I say it? And all this sort of stuff. And then May was like, oh. Well, Mel said that, and then I was like, oh, yeah. But it's sort of—it's just sort of interesting, because now we're sort of getting to this weird... Because what Kuzi's saying is right, I guess, but I'm just, I don't know, maybe in my mind, I would be like, okay, she has said um, your name. Well, talk about the context of that. Like, oh, I brought it up and blah, blah, blah. And she said, yeah, I agree, because blah, 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 blah if you just corroborate that sort of information, it would come across like some sort of evidence. Cause now cause he has to say, well, you did, well, I did say that because, well, what else is she going to say? You know, like, so, and I know cause his whole thing is that she's saying things that, to, that are half true sort of defense of mine, yeah. but you can easily catch her out on it, but they seemingly have like no collective memory of specific switch, which, is fine but if you're gonna mention her you need to have some sort of like this is when you got to have
1: your your unique statement line yeah yeah
2: literally you can't all just go oh well she said it it's like that's guys now you just flopped like you didn't you didn't actually have anything to back it up like you were there you were actually physically there
1: like annabelle if you were sitting at the table and you saw koozie react like that too the suggestion that she was talking about another player, which literally everyone at the table mm. has been doing, how would you interpret that? Because I can't imagine sitting at that table and not looking at that reaction and going, this is off the charts. Oh. What the fuck is Split happening? It's overreaction.
0: Yes, I'm with you on that one, Dylan, because the times where things did get very intense in that way during my season was when there was traitors involved and particularly traitor-on-traitor violence. Um, So when Ash, for example, and Sam were having a fight, things got very explosive. The only other times things kind of got personal, I would say, were between Hannah and I, and that was one-sided personal. Mm. But that was completely in line with Hannah's personality. Kuzi hasn't before really this last episode six and now episode seven come out as the kind of person who openly insults people for fun. So I agree. This seemed very suspicious. And she has two really personal moments. May says, you and I barely talk because he responds with, thank goodness. And then later, Cousy and Melee have this fight over Cousy calling her honey. Do you think that this is a very bad idea to be getting people this offside? Dylan, how are you reading this whole dynamic? Uh,
1: like, if I was sitting at that table and I saw that, and I, I don't know what I'm, what I'm not seeing that happened at the round table as well, but if I was sitting at the table and I saw what, I, what we're, you know, led to believe took place, I'm writing Kersey's name because of one of two things. One is she's just had this incredible reaction to what is a relatively benign statement about, you know, talking about one of the other people who is suspected by, you know, a number of people. Mm. And secondly, that she's bringing this personal sort of vitriol that is fundamentally, if she's a faithful, still poisonous to the game. Yeah. So in both cases, I'm going to be like, and this is kind of like it it did happen a little bit with um in my season where we voted philly out who was a faithful but there was just this insane sort of conflict that happened between him and robbie and it was just like well i this the whole thing is weird and doesn't make sense and now we just have to see what the hell is going on so if koozie would have been my vote at that point and if she'd gone then obviously and, and revealed that she was a traitor then obviously my next vote would have been for mike because you know, if she got so worked up about being about it being suggested that she named Mike, then I'm like, well, there's something going on there, especially when she said we don't talk much. Yeah. Mm. Like, at the same round table, she's like, we don't talk much, and I never said his name! Like, mm. what?
2: And it, it's kind of funny, because like, at the breakfast, I think Trayvon says something along the lines of, um, after Kevin left, like, oh, well, if that, you're a trader, if you act like him, um, all eyes are going to be on you. And because he literally acts almost exactly just as defensive as kevin did the night before or whatever and yet for some reason their reaction isn't the same as it is for kevin and she's now done it multiple times and i don't really know if they're gonna be like well why is she acting i like especially when you have a champion like donna on your side she might (laughs) convince them otherwise but you know i find that there's a weird level of hypocrisy with how they're reacting to it because they voted out Fierce for being loud and wrong. They voted out Kevin yeah. for being loud, but for some reason, this version of being loud—and maybe it's because it's May—that's the on the receiving end. They're sort of like, oh yeah, 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 whatever. And it's a bit random and weird.
1: Yeah, it's very weird. I think there's there's just so many stimuli, so many inputs in that roundtable that it's easy to kind of block on one, and, or you know, get get real focused on one thing you think is important and miss on others. Mm-hmm. But it just—it really feels like that was just screaming and raising and you know, waving a red flag that says traitor on it to me. But I I, I guess not to them.
0: To have such a strong reaction to having your name thrown out there it is additionally weird, because if you truly are a faithful, you want your name out there. It keeps you safe from murder. So as the only person who's getting this heated about having their name put out there, that's another red flag, I think. And I've kind of been tossing up in my mind whether or not I think it's fatal for her to be having these personal conflicts, because on the surface of it, I would think yes. But then I look at in other games where people have been a bit toxic and, and a little bit personal and bullying. And I think, well, as long as you have the numbers on your side, then actually the person that you're coming for tends to be the one who goes out. And we mm. saw that on my season with Sam over and over and over again. So you, even though you it had a really positive culture in Traitors New Zealand, I think if very easily, and we see this on Survivor 2, Phil, it, if you've got the numbers you can kind of get away with being as awful as you want yeah,
2: liter- yeah literally yeah literally and uh, that's the thing it's like at this point Lero's is a bit delayed on fortifying an alliance that kuzi basically has got around her and that is to her benefit and not and will be not to anyone else's
1: yeah
0: ultimately kuzi gets two votes one from may one from mel a And then Mel A gets all of the rest. Because he says, I don't hate you, but my feelings are just hurt. Trayvon was hysterical after this.
1: (laughs) Anthro. Oh, it was a bit surprising. (laughs) But, again, the game is mentally taxing.
0: Mm. As someone who had a hysterical breakdown over someone they weren't that close with getting (laughs) banished. um, Yeah. I, (laughs) Trayvon, I see you, girl. (laughs) May's pretty upset as well, but for a different reason. She's really stressed about getting murdered. And she is one of the names that come up in Traitor's Tower. So in Traitor's Tower, they're tossing up, is it Trayvon who's coming for Mike, but it'll put a target on Mike? Is it May, who's a problem for Koozie, but will put heat on Koozie? Or is it, get his name out of your bitch mouths, Leroy? What do you think, it's Dil? Not, it's not Leroy. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
1: uh, look, it seems to me that, that killing May would be an insane decision for them after after such a hot round table between the two of them. Mm. But shit, who knows? Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, who could guess? Yeah.
0: I think, I mean, I think it's going to be Trayvon. On the next time on, we we do see both Mickey and Leroy there. We also see Cousy come for Mike at the round table, bringing yep. back up this theory that everyone who says Mike's name gets murdered. So that makes me think it's Trayvon. I still think this is a bad decision, though, because, again, it's piling up evidence against them. <laughs>
1: It's nuts. I just the 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 three. I'm just like Donna. Write down Donna. Put Mickey. Like, Gerlin. Yeah. Gerlin's G- threatening
0: just, and not coming for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just it, like there was so many better choices. Leroy was kind of an okayish choice, I guess. for yeah. them, but he doesn't get murdered, so <laughs> that wasn't the way they went.
0: And he was on the red team. Though, so was Gerlin. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. It's. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's getting weird that like they've they've played reasonably well, but I think they're getting I think it's getting a little bit untethered.
0: I think they've backed themselves into a corner, and I'm stressed for them.
1: Oh Yeah,
2: oh yeah, fully. Because at this point, when you look at the remaining people, because I'm looking at the list of who's left, it's like actually at this point most of them are pretty clean. Like yeah. they are the two people who have so much on them. Like the let's say, okay, let's assume trade. Yeah, at this
1: point absolutely yeah
2: like let's assume Trayvon's gone it's like Gerline Leroy Donna Mickey like and then May, i guess at this point it's like guys you really like basically <laughs> eliminated every single person that could have just like um shielded you
1: yeah it was end. funny cuz i was, when it, when they were thinking about whether it was recruit or murder i was like you know for the, for the traitors as a as an institution recruiting would be the right choice mm-hmm. but for either of these two as traitors individually recruiting is no help to them there's not an obvious person that they could recruit and then you know set up as a full guy so mm. like all all it's going to do is make the game worse a- anyone they recruit is just gonna probably expose them to you know a worse outcome so they they've really stitched themselves up at this point i don't see i can't see both of them making it to the finish i'm not entirely convinced that either of them will to be honest yeah.
0: i think if a traitor wins it's going to have to be the person who gets blackmailed into joining them
1: yeah that's what i think yeah
0: now we need to know dylan the pressing thought on everyone's minds who are you gay for
1: uh look it's a big commitment for me i am um married with children so i'm i'm just gonna go buy for leroy if that's okay
0: <laughs> oh excellent choice excellent (laughs) choice
1: dollar store john cena
0: oh john cena could never leroy is everything to me
1: he's he's interesting i i don't know like i haven't got a lot of him i haven't got a lot from him in the game but i still like i look at all the people who are left and i'm like that's just him just really him that's all
0: (laughs) we didn't get a lot but frankly i got everything i needed so how do you see this ending Dylan you said you thought it could be someone who gets blackmailed but faithful win traitor win what's it going to look like
1: uh, I think at this point the faithful are still reasonably strong so I think there's a fairly good chance of a faithful win Uh, unless I say you know maybe Koozie gets eliminated in the next episode gets banished in the next episode Mike blackmails Donna who is the least (laughs) suspectable person in the game Mike then gets out banished donna makes it to the end and is Underwood. completely you know yeah takes the win as a, as a traitor that's that's the end game i think i would quite like to see as sort of a, a weird dream
0: she's already the most successful psychic yeah. we've ever had and with that record dylan
1: it's a it's a, it's a record unto itself <laughs> i really think no, i really think uh, you're, uh, you're i think
2: you, mike and donna that's the end game um the true end game sort of
0: relationship it's what we deserve all right (laughs) well thanks so much for joining us dylan what have you got going on and where can people find you
1: um i've got nothing going on and just generally on the internet my name is dylan reeve and most places uh where you can use your name as a name as what that's what i call myself
0: (laughs) dylan's amazing on twitter everyone go follow dylan on twitter uh, it's x actually (laughs) Oh, how dare you? (laughs) Oh,
1: my Cybertruck will be here any minute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Phil, what about you? Where can people find you?
2: Um, You can follow me on Instagram at Chilly Philly and on Twitter at the Chilly Philly in Canada.
0: Thank you very much. And as for me, um, I have just finished covering The Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition on silent podcasts. Coming up this week, we've got a special interview with amazing race, genius, Jessica Lee. So please send me your questions for her. Um, And following on from that, Sarah Carradine and I on Silent Podcast are going to be doing a deep dive into Love Island with Teddy too hot to handle with Harry Jowsey, so that we can uncover what the stallions were up to before they joined the race. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ce. Thank you everybody and prayers, thoughts for Leroy, gays for Girleen, gays for May. We hope we all make it to the end. See you next week.